chapter 5, The Doctrine Concerning New Testament Ministry, The Dedication of the Priest and the High Priest to the Ministry. The priest and the high priest were descendants of Aaron, who was of the family of the Kohathites, 1 Chronicles 6, 1-3. No one else could become a priest or fulfill the office of a priest. God said, And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on their priest's office. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. Numbers 3.10 Rather than go into all the details of the ritualistic services and sacrifices ordained to the priest in this chapter, we shall confine our attention to certain selected points and indicate their spiritual significance. Let us bear in mind that the high priest is a type of Christ. Hebrews 3, 1, 4, 14. The high priest and the priests also represent those who are united with Christ as the members of his body, especially the servants of Christ, the ministers of his New Testament church. Such are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers who are fully consecrated to do the service of the Lord. Page 37. The orders of the ceremony, as explained in Exodus chapter 29 and Leviticus chapter 8, are mentioned below, with brief explanations if necessary. 1. The whole congregation was gathered at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation when the priest and the high priest were consecrated. Leviticus 8, 2 and 3. All the congregation in the sense were to be priests. God had told them, And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Exodus 19.6 In the Kohathites, one of the families of the Levites, God chose Aaron to be the high priest and Aaron's sons to be priests, that is, they were to be priests to the kingdom of priests. Thus Aaron and his sons became, as it were, the first of the first priests of the children of Israel. Exodus 23.19 Similarly, similarly, the members of the New Testament church are all to be priests, as it is written, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. 1 Peter 3.9 The church is also called the first fruits, the servants of Christ, whom he separates unto himself from among the congregation, are the first of the first fruits. The holy belong to Christ, therefore they are called gifts of Christ, given by Christ to the church for ministry and service. Ephesus, Ephesians 4.7.8.11 since they are chosen by grace to serve him in the church, the servants of God must always possess a good testimony concerning their life ministry. Page 38. Paul said, Ye are witnesses to God also, how holy, how holily and justly and unplainly we have behaved ourselves among you that believe. 1 Thessalonians 2.10 Second, Aaron and his sons had to strip off their old garments, wash themselves, and put on new garments. Exodus 29, 4-6, Leviticus 8, 6-9. Stripping off the old garment points to putting off of sin at conversion, that is, at Jesus' death. Washing and putting on new garments signifies putting on of Christ at water baptism. Galatians 3, 27. However, it must be borne in mind that conversion and baptism are only the initial stages of putting off of sin and the putting on of Christ. Once a child is born, it must continue to grow. Likewise, the servant of God 
which progressively grow up through Christ-likeness, but a continual putting off of the old man by the washing of water and by the continual and by the putting on of the new man. That is, he must he put off every trace of sin in thought, desire, motive, and action, and put on the divine attributes of Christ, lest he will grow unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.13 That ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians 4.22-24 Only the servant of a servant of God, who in this manner is grown up to the perfection of Christ, can lead the people of God, and also to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Page 39 The various garments of the high priests and their spiritual significance. In the following passages, the garments of the high priest are described. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and thou shalt anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches because of their nakedness, from the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach. Exodus 28, 41-42 And he put upon him the coat, and girded him with the girdle, and clothed him with a robe, and put the ephod upon him. And he girded him with the curious girdle of the ephod, and bowed it unto him therewith. And he put the breastplate upon him. Also, he put in the breastplate the urn and the plenary. And he put the mitra upon his head. Also upon the mitra, even upon his forefront, did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. Leviticus 8.7-9 And thou shalt take two onyx stones, engraved on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone, and of the other six names of the rest on the other stone, according to their work, which, page 40, the work of the engraver in stone, as the engravings of a signet, shalt thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set upon, set in ounce of gold. And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall be their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Exodus 28.24 Every garment which the high priest had to wear has a specific significance in the New Testament ministry. The garments of glory and beauty. After he washed himself, the high priest was given a complete set of new holy garments which were designed for glory and for beauty, Exodus 28.2. When God begins to use a servant for his special work, he fills him with marvelous grace and power essential to that calling. His ministry therefore becomes glorious and beautiful. God said to Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee, Joshua 3.7. Of course, we must be careful not to take the glory unto ourselves, but ascribe all glory unto God. He alone is worthy of all praise and glory. It is said, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 31 The glory and beauty revealed through our ministry are not ours, but His. Glory speaks of the divine nature of God, one aspect of which is His power. John 3, 11
other beauty specialists over to the south for their lives here.